DMVR Draft Pod presented by our good friends at High Plains Strains. That's right. Tell Mama we made it. New presenting sponsor. It's High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary that provides top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. You give them a visit. Be sure to mention DMVR to take advantage of their deals. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Happy Thanksgiving to our guy, Jake Schwanitz, who's back to see his family this weekend and happy happy thanksgiving to you j mike always thankful that we get to do this pod always thankful for college football amen man happy thanksgiving to you as well i i'm a big fan of this time of year i I love the food In, in my opinion if you think thanksgiving food sucks your family probably just doesn't cook well yeah um i don't know how you mess up some of this stuff but it is what it is we've got college football We've got college basketball. We've got NFL. The Broncos are all of a sudden very interesting. So I'm looking forward to stuff in my face. I'm looking forward to watching um, to see if my Rams can make a bowl for the first time in six years. Big game on Saturday night. And of course, rivalry weekend, man. Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Auburn. So it's going to be fun to get into all this with you. It's that college football week that I used to say you know, this is why we don't need the 14 playoff. Like this week kind of decides a lot of this stuff anyways for us. It's a beautiful thing. The NFL, actually some good matchups on Thanksgiving. Like when's the last time the Lions game was a good Thanksgiving game? That's a beautiful thing. Let's start with college football, our one and only love. It's been a lovely, lovely season. We've done this all year. It's time to cap it off our final bets predictions for how the big ones are going to go. Who's going to win their conference? Who's going to the playoffs and who's winning this Heisman? Let's start Heisman since we're always a little more player focused here. J Mike, it is wide open as wide open as it's ever, ever been. Um, I mean, so much can be decided in this game J. Mike off camera having an absolute coughing fit. You hate to see it. Um, Struggling to drink water. It's all good. Let's let's start with who would be our new who would be going to New York for you. Well, Jaden Daniels has got to be there because he's been the most electrifying player in college football this year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Outside of him, I think it's got to be Bo Nix. Okay. And that this is where it gets tough for me. I, I I would make an argument for JJ McCarthy just because of team success, but it's more of an individual award. Mm-hmm. Maybe you go someone like Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Who would be that number three to you? Um, I agree on definitely Jaden. I think it's almost definitely Marv as well, but like this Michigan game is going to tell us a lot. If he's able to keep up to those kind of standards he set this whole season, um, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. goes. I think it's kind of a toss-up. Bo Nix or Penix, either one could go. Um, both could go, depending on how they light it up in the next two weeks. As you know, I, I think Oregon State pulls this out against Oregon. Um And then from there, so I think Bo kind of loses this out in the last few weeks. For me, the third is Jalen Miller. Really? Alabama. That's right. No, I think think Milrow's been good. I think he's going to, I mean, I think he's gotten better as the season's progressed, as has that entire Alabama offense, O-line, run game, pass game. Uh, And I think he's going to shine. And honestly, he's my low key like favorite. If you know, going from we picked our finalists to now, uh, who kind of mad at myself for not thinking of this because I'm all in on Bama right now. This is a team that is just poised to make a run. I like it. Yeah. I'm not out on Oregon. I do think that they win this weekend and we'll get into the picks later. I think Bo Nix still has a path, but. It's just crazy statistically, which you, when you look at what him and Jaden have done these last five weeks, Jane Daniels responsible for 23 total touchdowns these last five weeks. 
17 of them passing, but Bo Nix is responsible for 22 touchdowns, 18 of them passing. I mean, Jane Daniels obviously brings a lot more to the table running. He's going to have more of those sports center top 10 plays, I think, than Bo Nix does. But if Oregon can, you know, win this one and he goes off and they'd have to win the Pac-12, I do think that there's a a possibility he takes it just because as as good as Jaden has been, they've lost the three most important games of their season. Yeah. Um, how many Heisman moments have there really been for Jaden Daniels where the entire nation was locked in on him? It's not a ton, and it's what's hurting a lot of these guys, and it is what gives Bo an advantage. At face value, Bo has a lot going for him. There's no doubt. And his uh, his path is the same exact path that Jalen Milrow has that I just described. Um, and I think, I mean... Penix is right in the mix. Carson Beck is right in the mix. And JJ McCarthy is right in the mix. And, you know, all those guys a smidge more dependent, like Nick, like uh, Nick's and Milrow, to team success. And Jaden Daniels and Marvin Harrison Jr. are kind of the guys who are able to stand out on their own a bit more. We also forget, like Marvin Harrison Jr., literally playing for an undefeated Ohio State team that I think still has a great shot of making the playoffs, even if they lose the big game to Michigan this week. So um, I just think Marvin's case is a lot stronger than we've probably given it credit to. Um, You know, these are also voters who vote on it. Lots of human aspects that influence it. Marvin Harrison Jr. being able to keep his production up while losing a quarterback like C.J. Strout, who's been absolutely blowing up the NFL, not a bad storyline either. Good point. It's a really good point. So final pick. It kind of should. If it was MVP, it should be Jaden Daniels. By a mile. Let me be clear. It's just a different award. It is. I, I think Heisman moment is all that matters. And frankly, I think the biggest Heisman moments have yet to come. Um, and I think like Milroad Jaden, they kind of went head to head in the, the biggest Heisman moment game. Uh, I mean, Milrow broke a ton of records in that game. Then he had, you know, he's had some other nice games. JJ, I wondered a bit on Saturday against Penn state. If he kind of lost it. I think the perception of that probably cost him just because they showed we can be absolutely dominant where he's not even a factor in the game. And that just perception wise, that's tough. I'm really intrigued by your Milrow pick, especially because I can, I think he's going to be huge against Auburn. I think he's going to go off and I can see a game against Georgia and the title where, you know, he runs for a hundred yards and has multiple rushing touchdowns and hits a couple of deep balls and his decision making's improved. His accuracy on the intermediate and short throws has improved. They're playing good football right now. And for a team that looks like they didn't have an identity, I think he'd have a pretty strong argument if Bama won the SEC as the guy that really lifted up this team after everyone was kind of, you know, down. Even me as a Bama supporter after that South Florida game, it was like, oh my God, like after getting worked in the trenches the way they did against Texas, it's, I mean, testament to Saban. Everybody tries to bury him every time he has one rough week and guy just keeps on ticking. Who's the last Heisman that was benched for a game? You know, South Florida. He's benched in that game. Um, I mean, it's a it's a remarkable story. But the Heisman has a great history of running quarterbacks, and he's playing some great football. And it's all right there in front of him. He's also a highlight quarterback. The runs, the deep balls, the the kind the stuff that might lead to moving the, the chains stuff. more consistently yeah. <laughs> he struggles with. That's why we haven't really talked about him at all as a pro prospect really on the draft pod here. But um, you know, you I'm gonna hold off on conference winners. That's a smidge too tied into this week's picks. That's fine. Yeah. Playoff predictions, though. Okay. I, I mean, got some it of this on, will be dependent yeah. on who wins the leagues. But. I mean, we can spoil some of it. I went in on Bama at plus 240 to make the playoffs last week or two weeks ago. Oh, was it last week? And they've since moved. I really feel great about it. 
Um, as a guy who loves college football, loves all regions being represented, it's my only gripe with some of the movements we've made and playoffs and stuff like that is that we used to have a system where an Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State fan was invested in like what Oregon was doing in the final week and a, um, you know, I think back Notre to 2007 where you had schools like South Florida legitimately in the BCS mix. Or, I mean, you know, it's just like Notre Dame being invested in like FSU losing. Like there was just a lot more like everything matters. Um, I'm really, really becoming extremely concerned that we have a Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan final four. Because a one loss Georgia, a one loss Ohio State are going to be very, very hard to exclude for the committee. Very hard. If Florida State runs the table, I think they get in. I think they've had enough highlight power, and I think they'll get, even with Clemson down, they still get the LSU in early on. That's a huge one. But yeah, I mean, the, the path is definitely on the table. I have Bama and Georgia both in. To me, Michigan, I have Michigan beating Ohio State. And so I guess the moment I have Florida State just barely getting in, I do think Ohio State would get in over Texas. Um, Which I don't know if that's fair because Texas arguably has the best win of the season at Bama. Yeah. And I mean, it's like eight teams can legitimately have an argument. Seven teams at most will be able to have an argument because Washington and Oregon will kind of, um, that one will decide itself. Yeah. But it, the precedent has been set where a power five conference winner with the same amount of losses typically gets in over the power five team that didn't even play in the conference championship. But what if, yeah, my thing is Georgia is the team that screws this all up because Georgia won on perception. The last two years is going to benefit them. People are, even if they lose that game, everyone's going to be like, there's no way they aren't one of the top four teams in the country. Yeah. It's going to come down to how they lose as well. Oh yeah. That's a good point. I mean, if Bama were to house them or something like that, maybe, you know, maybe that may strengthen the argument for a team like Texas, especially who, you know, like, well, they beat them on the road. Like Texas should be for assuming that they don't slip up. I mean, the big 12 has been all over the place these last couple of weeks. That's part of the problem with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 too. They just, they cannibalize themselves and they kind of do it to themselves every year. Yeah. Okay. Um, an undefeated Washington would also Do you think it would be those four? I don't know. Now you're making me rethink it because honestly, especially if Washington or FSU were undefeated and Washington maybe doesn't have like the eye grabby dub that FSU does with LSU, but Washington, I mean, Oregon's a pretty good win. Insane. They've also played, you know, the last three weeks they've played uh, ranked teams. They've beaten Arizona, one of the absolute hottest teams in the entire country. It's not like they're out of conference was weak. I mean, these are scheduled ahead of time, but you put Boise and Michigan State on your schedule. It's not your fault that they were down bad in kind of unprecedented circumstances. And you have Boise might win the league still. So, I mean, it's not like, right. And you have the Oregon win as you put it. And I mean, the apple cup, like Washington state is not, they've had up moments. They've had down moments. They were a ranked team in September as well. Uh, I don't know, man, I guess maybe, maybe it's more chalk. Maybe it's exactly how it is now with UGA, Ohio state, being wide open, depending on what those matchups with Michigan and Alabama happen. And then it's FSU for sure. And then maybe, yeah, a Pac-12 one-loss winner in Washington or Oregon gets in. I do wonder if Oregon, because they lost to Washington in the regular season, if if they're the team that could win their league have one loss and get screwed by a Georgia because people poke holes. Yeah, they won the league, but they also lost to the team that they beat for the Pac-12 title. I'm just trying to think of like the ways that you could poke holes in some of these teams' arguments. 
I think Bama, I don't think can get in without winning the SEC. They got to win it because they already lost Texas. They're not going to get in as a two loss. Oregon's biggest fear has to be Oregon State. But if they run yeah. the table, I think they're probably in. And it I probably guess. wins Bonix the Heisman. Uh, yeah, because he'd get in over Milrow. You know, here's the thing. Penix emerging. You know, the other thing is when Jordan Travis went down on FSU, there was that little part of my brain that was like, would the committee do that thing where they're like, eh, they're not going to be competitive in the playoff if we send them because they don't have their starting quarterback. That's where I struggle because there, I feel both sides of that argument. Just as as a college football fan in principle, like if you run the table, you win your league, you should get a shot regardless of whether it's going to be a good TV product or not. But then there's the college football consumer in me that said how many of these semifinals have just been absolutely trash games. And last year, we got two epic semis and then the title game ended up sucking. But yeah. it would just be nice to have one year where it's kind of like that at first year, you know, back in 2014 where the semis and the the title game are interesting. Well, and that's where the two SEC and two Big Ten teams feel like. Boy, that's a hell of a matchup right there. Well, and also if you put a knife to my back and said, are those the best four teams in college football? I think they are. Ohio State's the only one I'm on the fence about. That's fair. Their defense defensively, yeah, yeah. man. And I mean that O line, you know, the run games there. They've got two first round wide receivers. It's an incredible, you know, like a a top. I mean, they look like a team that lost a quarterback of the caliber of CJ Stroud. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, top to bottom, more NFL dudes than probably any team in the entire country this season. Yeah, I mean, the trenches alone, they got like eight guys. So it's. It's going to be in Marvin Harrison and Buka and all these dudes. So they're, they're they also nasty. lost Dua Jones, who the masses mammoth right tackle, who's had just an incredible, incredible season. Boy, lots of transitions I could do with Hester Jobs here uh, because they have just elite, elite gloves. They are like Ohio State in that you know in the trenches they are hardcore job gloves don't do that thing i always do where i have nine pairs oh oh, the cotton ones that we got at some market in europe are here oh my nice leather gloves that i should only wear with certain outfits are there oh my nice ski gloves and then you're ruining them working the yard and scraping snow and and you know all that stuff Get yourself those work gloves that matter. Hestra does it. They're a gloves-only company. They make the highest quality gloves out there, man. It's a, it's just a Hestra job. They fit great. They give you great dexterity to get the job done, and they're also very, very warm. Visit www.hestrajob.us and use code DMVRJOB. That's our special code, Use it, man. Great gifts for, uh, you know, the blue collar, uh, backyard greed thumb in your life to get 30% off your next purchase. And anyone looking to supply their team with high quality work gloves, dare I say the best word cl- work gloves around at a bulk rate can email Josh Jacobson at Josh at HestraUSA.com. That's right. Check them out. New sponsor of the show. They've been awesome. They're doing an incredible giveaway that we're announcing the winner on today. Just phenomenal. Check them out. Hesterjob.us. Also, check out our friends at Hero Bread. It's it's the time of year where we consume quite a bit of bread. And if you oh want an option that is both delicious, has the, the perfect taste and texture, but also is a, a low net carb option, Hero has you covered whether you need rolls, breads, tortillas. They've got it all. Hero is an awesome, awesome product. High in fiber. I mean, essentially, it's it's getting all the goodness of the bread you've come to, to fall in love with over the years, but doing it in a better way, which is kind of what we're all about here at DNBR. Taking things that were done one way and then elevating them. 
Right now, Hero Bread is offering the DNVR fam 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co, use our code DNVR to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O.co. Use that code DNVR to save 10% today. Boom. Nicely done, J-Mike. Moving on to some players, prospects. The Broncos keep moving up the board. It's exhilarating. I love it. Um, And I also loved Mel Kuyper's new rankings on ESPN. Lots of people hate on Kuiper. I've certainly had a lot of commentary on Kuiper over the years. I think there's some debatable stuff in these rankings as well. But I have really come around to learn and appreciate how tapped in he is, how, um, you know, he's not afraid to think on his own. Um, so I, I like Kuiper because the stuff stands out. And I really He's also like, the reason like any of this exists. Like you gotta you gotta put some right. respect on right. the guy's yeah. name. I understand he's had some some odd takes, but who amongst us has it? No I mean, no it's doubt. just part of the process. And also uh that great point. Like uh pay homage to the guys who frankly uh allow for people like us to do a weekly draft pod. Yeah. Uh so yeah, the great point. What I liked about these latest rankings. Top six are basically the big six you'd imagine with Shadur Sanders in there. He seems to be one of the highest on Shadur Sanders in the industry, consistently so. The end of the top 10, wide receiver City, Romo Dunze, Keon Coleman, Malik Neighbors, eight or seven, eight, nine. Um, you can debate them, but I think we've all felt they're stacked right next to each other. And I think the Broncos are playing their way out of those guys' range. And, um, you know, I think last year we underrated, or not so much we, the industry underrated that wide receiver class. Jordan Addison, uh, JSN, those guys really popping. Quinton Johnson, on the other hand, boy, the terrible moment. Terrible moment for him. My guy Tank Dell making us look like a genius. Um, So, yeah, I, I like that adjustment. And then we have some really interesting new additions um, to Kuiper's ranking. One is Xavier Worthy, speedster wide receiver out of Texas. He's top 15. Kuiper compares him to Hollywood Brown. Frankly, I've been more impressed by Adonai Mitchell, the bigger um, wide out for Texas. He's 6'4", and he still seems like a speedster. He makes He's made a lot of plays. Um, how would you feel about one of those guys at the Broncos though, Jamie? I'm more of a Mitchell guy myself. I just think he's more dynamic and more of a mismatch, but worthy just has that next level speed that if he figures it out, especially in a time where we're seeing Miami and San Francisco using all this motion and going over the top, like there's a lot of different ways you could get a guy with his skill set in. But I think Kuiper even mentions it. My big, beef with worthy is he's got a pretty extensive history of drops and it's it's been a factor in some big moments for texas so i i understand how you could fall in love with his raw traits and and see him go top 15 top 20 but i'm with you i I like mitchell better the the tight end sanders is more intriguing to me in terms of what he'd bring to denver's offense especially with sean payton and kind of needing to fulfill a role that we're not currently being see or we're not currently seeing being used so i I like worthy a lot in in terms of how quick he is what you could do with him but he's not he's not like a top five or six receiver for me in this class totally a dynamic speedster that in the right hands and dare i say the right hands are certainly sean payton could be a true mismatch i'm not sure what's hindering the Broncos passing offense from taking that next step is more speed though. Like Judy Marvin, Mims, it's a good point. you know, like it's uh, the well, guys the, aren't getting open, man. The, the timing of that passing offense, it's the wide receivers. It's the quarterback. It's the offensive line and pass protection. All of that really needs to be fine tuned to where um, you're really only moving the chains on the run or when Ross is kind of in scramble mode and he's doing those good dump offs. Um, Despite the lower leg injury that's keeping Cooper DeGene out for the rest of the season, the dynamic punt returner, cornerback, 
um, even safeties. He's, he's sometimes used a little Tyron Matthew-esque closer to the line covering the slot. He's also used as an outside corner. He's 6'1", 207. Um, lower leg injury that keeps DeGene out for the rest of the season, still in the top 10 for Kuiper and still one of the top guys. You wonder if that lower leg injury could make a top 10-ish type prospect at a potential need position for the Broncos available maybe in the later teens. Um, and then another new addition at the same position, Kamari Lester uh, or Lesseteer. Uh, you'll, you'll help me on this one. Georgia corner, six, eight, uh, six foot one eighty. Uh, he's really physical. Great play against the Vols where he just fights for the ball, almost gets the interception. Um, he's emerging as kind of that next great corner for Kirby Smart's defense. Both those guys would intrigue me a whole hell of a lot opposite PS2. Yeah, just the versatility that DeGene brings, yes. I think, is really yeah. intriguing because I, I do think he could play safety for you and be a, a Kareem-type replacement. I think he could play some in the slot and the nickel. And like you mentioned, just a, a guy you could put all over. And he has the raw speed to play outside corner. And, and yeah. I just... And the I, size. Yeah. I, you do worry sometimes with some of these guys where it's like they're a jack of all trades, but maybe a master of none. And Vance but a lot Joseph. of the time that ends up with a, a Micah Parsons, who it's like if you talk yes. yourself out of, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, but if you just focus on the few things he does really well, like he's a freak athlete. And at the end That's of the right. day, Gene's a freak. And also, I think we've talked about like there is a difference between, you know, the Vance Joseph had a track record of uh, Xavier Collins and Isaiah. Yeah, Arizona had a couple seven. of those. But I think versatility and coverage is a way is a whole other animal, you know. That's a lot more like no shit. I mean, no any Broncos fan knows like the the injuries in the secondary are so many every year that you just like having a guy who like, oh yeah, just plug and play him as one of your top 6 DBs and he can help you on special teams as like the best punt returner in the the country um would be fantastic. Lester uh, the thing for me is he plays so much bigger than his actual size, 180 pounds. Um, and how would that play in the NFL when being the number two corner on these Denver Broncos means there's a lot gonna of throw stress at you. on you. They're yeah. going to throw at you. They're going to run at you. They're going to try to tire you out, trick you and just go at you because the it, it's just smart. Um, he hasn't had an interception though. I've seen some really nice plays on the ball. Like I mentioned the Tennessee game and, um, you know, some of the advanced stats on him, he's only allowed 10 receptions, 96 yards all season. So that's really impressive how he performs in some of these bigger matchups. Next couple of weeks will be really intriguing to me. And then a position yeah, him versus Burton's going to be fun, dude. I know um, Burton's a guy. Honestly, we're not talking about nearly enough, but he's made the most of his like deep touches in that um, Bama offense. And then two positions we've talked about a lot for the Broncos, and I thought were really interesting new additions to Kuiper's top 25. We have a D, new interior D lineman one, and it's Tavondre Sweat, Texas, one of the biggest, biggest players in all of college football, 6'4", 362 pounds. This was an interesting one, man. This was one where, like, boy, I had to go back and watch multiple games on Sweat. Um, I think the most important note from Kuiper is the improvement Sweat's made throughout this season, where in the Bama game, he looks like more of a two-down nose tackle. And what we've seen as Big 12 play has progressed is he is able to create more pressure. Um, his length is just insane at 6'4 and carrying 362 there's no, like, he can just stand up guys. He can just gobble up double teams. Um, he has a nice, like, some some nice moves um, that allow him to kind of beat his offensive lineman and get in the backfield quickly. He's not a sudden mover. There's not going to be, while, while the effort's certainly there, he's not, you know, so many times with these elite interior D linemen will be like, look at the clip where he runs the running back down 20 yards. It's not going to do it. He's just mammoth. But run defense may be the biggest need on this entire squad right now, J. Mike. What could he do for you on that end? I see him as still more of a two-down spot player than this Jordan Davis, 
Vita Vea dynamic nose tackle that can really give this whole new dimension to your defense. But I'm intrigued and I'll be watching a lot more as we finish the season and get into draft season. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, I guess Malik could kind of be a three down guy at times, but I, I do think he is, a, like you said, more of a traditional first and second down. He's going to eat up double teams all day long, which you love, though, because you've got a lot of speed on the outside. I, I think he would be a nice fit. And he's a guy that makes plays. No, he's not going to run you down, but he's averaging, you know, four tackles a game these last four games. He had a huge game against BYU, which was deceptively kind of a, a tough matchup. And a tricky one where you're like, oh, is Texas on upset watch? I, I, I've been impressed with that whole Texas D line. Um, he's another yes. guy too, though. That he's got active hands. Like he's got a couple of pass deflections this season. So yeah. I, I think he's a guy that, as he gets more experienced and and just you know develops more, we're going to continue to to see him rise. I just you you can't teach that kind of size, and he he does move quick. Like I, I want to make that clear while i'm saying no he's not going to run you down from behind but it's not like he's you know slow out there totally man and i just think his game's going to translate more to the nfl right like a guy that size to even be able to live in big 12 country is pretty impressive i'm Um, glad you like put him in a big 10 situation and i think he's a guy that's just absolutely feasting you know going for like 12 tackles a game when it just not having to deal with all the spread bullshit dude 100 percent. and i mean what you know this is like my 11th draft cycle where I've done a podcast and rankings and stuff on my own. Um, and like, I've really learned how important size is in the NFL. And I think Dua Jones, Orlando Brown, um, you know, Jordan Davis, these kind of guys have kind of shown us like, yeah, size just translates a smidge different while speeds a little more the name of the game in the college game. Byron Murphy, the second number 90 for Texas, more of a sudden compact, you know, um, you know, just more conventional, like NFL prospect that defensive tackle for Texas is a guy. Sometimes I'm more intrigued by, um, finally though, Zach Zinter, the guard out of Michigan. Um, we have talked about him more so in the preseason. He's the right guard, uh, elite size at six, six, 322 pounds for a guard prospect. His tape is just extraordinary. Um, Kuiper mentions how good he is on pull blocks. He really is outstanding getting to the second level, um, and really squaring his guy up and making sure the block counts. So many of these top prospects, they're so athletic, they're so big, kind of get to the, the second level, and it's a bit of a slop fest. He's just six six six, and these 322 pounds are carried so well. He looks like a big tight end, you know, and it really, like every, all his movement is just lined up all together. He feels so much like a Sean Payton guy, <laughs> like so much, dude. And it's not going to get anyone all that excited, but man, would that be a safe pick and a guy I would really like? Now, of course, then there'd be a question. Would you move someone at center? Cushionberry? Would you try to do something with powers? That's a question for another day. I'm not going to throw it too much to you, but this interior O-line class starting to come together and I'm starting to like some of the options we've got here. We're just going to see more and more of this, man. I mean, you see everybody drooling over the Kelsey clip, and that's why you invest in a guy like that who yeah. just has those plus traits. You, you think about what it would open up on the edge with some sweeps with Javante Williams. You got a lot of speed. I mean, especially if Russ is going to be your quarterback next year, like you got to run the football. You set up play. I mean, I, I would love it. That's all I'll say is I think he's a perfect fit. Uh, one thing I wanted to shout out, though, just from the the Kuiper the Kuiper update is that my guy Mo Camara number uh-huh. six edge on his board very quietly could be like that. a second round pick yeah yeah a hundred percent he's got um, Jonah Ellis pretty high as well another guy you shouted out the Utah defensive end I mean those two guys are very high on the sack list in college football this season um, it's a nice group of defensive ends. It's a nice group of defensive ends. A lot of guys, a lot of guys with bend and just like really high motors. Like they're just yeah. relentless, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that kind of stuff translates well. So shout out to Kuiper for uh giving my Rams some love because Mo is a freak. Big time, man. Big time. And I mean, it would be silly to sleep on a Rams edge given that history. It would be silly. Oh, so silly. 
to sleep on Breckenridge Distillery. This holiday season makes for an outstanding gift. Breck Bourbon is the official bourbon of your Denver Broncos. They've got all sorts of contests going on. You got to check that out. Keep an eye out. Go to BreckenridgeDistillery.com slash bourbon of Denver Broncos. You're going to find their Broncos Blizzard, their new vodka commemorating the first uh, white alternate Broncos helmets. It's delightful. Um, I'm not even a big vodka guy, but it goes down really smooth. It's very nice. You know, they are the world's highest distillery founded in 2008. They make high quality, high rye mash, American style whiskey, blended bourbon. It's just a... It's just such a treat, man. Breckenridge Distillery products are available in all 50 states. You can shop your local retailer or visit BreckenridgeDistillery.com for home delivery of award-winning Breck spirits. Um, Yeah. Happy holidays from Breckenridge Distillery. While you're at it, speaking of Breckenridge, we got to shout out the homies over at Breckenridge Brewery. Yeah. Now, actually, under the same ownership as Breck Distillery, Tilray oh. bought them both. Uh, Shock Top and some other companies. But uh, Breckenridge Brewery truly does it better than anybody in town. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. And they've got a little bit of something for everyone. You know, if you want to have some sour action, get a little taste of summer in the winter, Mountain Beach is perfect. If you're hitting the slopes, they're collab fun slinger with never summer snowboards one sick design two really yeah. smooth and crushable and of course i mean broncos country pale ale avalanche amber ale that that's as colorado as it gets we're right in the heart of broncos season right in the the peak of av season here or you know we're getting towards the peak of the av season check out the breck beer locator at breckbrew.com find a brew near you hey jay mike it's an important slate. It's not a slate that's given us an overwhelming amount of great matchups. Good matchups. No, but I'm okay with it because it'll allow us to really focus and lock in on the Michigan-Ohio State game early. Then you get the so Iron true. Bowl. So I've true. got CSU Hawaii at nine, which normally I would hate that, but it allows me to watch the entire slate. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's... There's some pros, and then we got a little Friday action too. Dude, so. Okay, let's start with the game of Friday, 6:30 p.m. So good. I can't believe we got to nightcap Friday like this. Oregon State at Oregon. Ducks by 14. Oof. You would think it would be time for me to get off fading the ducks and thinking they're not super duper for real. You would really think now would be the time. And the book is saying the book is daring me. They're saying, hey, dummy, go back to the well, do it. Plus 410 on the money line, plus 14 on the spread. Jump right in two feet first, you idiot. Show us you haven't learned a single thing. And I'm saying, yes, please. Yes, please. Let's jump right in. Beavers take care of business, cover this. And I think they beat them outright. Don't stray too far from home, boys. This is the, tr- the, th- the the thing I've learned most importantly. You do that, it's it's exactly what happens to Air Force. The second I think, oh, no, Air Force, this team's different. They're not getting upset. Wrong. They're getting upset. Open your eyes, dummy. I'm talking to myself. Oregon State, make it happen. Great matchups in the trenches. Bonex for Heisman, Bucky Irving. Tory Franklin, stats identical to Marvin Harrison Jr., and arguably, they've had bigger games. He's had more Heisman moments. Oregon Center is one of the top prospects. There's a lot of implications at all levels. A must watch Friday night. Potentially the last hurrah with Jonathan Smith. He's going to be a, a popular candidate for some of these big jobs. And seen some interesting quotes from him. Um, Oregon State's covered eight of their last nine in November. They're a team that a is a pretty safe bet at this time of year. So kind of reinforcing you. We also got a Friday afternoon, Air Force, Boise State winner, very likely gets a spot in the Mountain West Championship. There's some weird computer tiebreaker stuff with San Jose State and UNLV that comes into play. But uh, Boise State, six and a half point favorites over the Falcons. 
who have fallen apart. Um, I, I think this is one where you go all in on Boise. They were down. Jen. Yeah, Genty's playing. Okay. He he's gonna run wild. Um oh god. I got a lot of love for Calhoun, but it's just classic Boise. Like they haven't even been good, but they're gonna get hot at the end, find a way to make the title game and probably upset UNLV and like rain all over the parade. It's just it's classic big brand of of your league. It's what always seems to happen. Wow. You just pulled a Ryan would do this on bets where it's like he would foresee what the what the timeline's gonna be. Um and that really like takes away any optimism you might have and just like reminds you that life is pain, you know, and the timeline's gonna be losing its mind <laughs> on stupid shit. What you just described is uh great. Are you taking Oregon to cover or you're with me on Oregon State? No, I'm with you to cover. Um I I like Oregon to pull it out, but 14 is atrocious for a rivalry game. I mean, to me, that's like, it was like the Rocky Mountain Showdown argument when it was like a 24 point spread or whatever it was. And it was just like, it's just, it's going to be closer than that. Yeah. And that was like the stupid Kansas, Kansas State game with their third stringer. Like Kansas State was never going to cover. You've been on top of that all year, man. The like rivalry games don't get sucked into these big spreads. They always mean more. And unless, you know, and there are select examples, Michigan, Michigan State. I do wonder if Dan Lanning's like, yo, this is your time to make a statement. Bam and Ohio State are waiting. Like, if you don't take care of business here and just smoke them, like the future's yours. It's the last time of this rivalry, like, really gets the troops. That's a good point. The last, but the last dance almost, I almost like that for Oregon State even more, though. The opportunity to, I know, play spoilers. Yeah. Like, this is the maybe the biggest game in Oregon State football history. At least in the twenty first century. Like I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't I don't know if they played for a national championship at some point in like, you know, the fifties or something, but at least post like Steven Jackson and the Rogers brothers, which has been a good fifteen years. Yeah, I mean they've always been right there in the mix, but I mean this is you're a top fifteen or top sixteen team going yeah. against uh, Oregon trying to play for the playoff with all the, the country watching. Like this is yeah. Oh, it's big time. That's big time. No way about it. God, I'm so excited. It's going to, I cannot wait to just watch nothing but college football for, I know, 48 straight hours, basically. Hell yeah. Let's go to the game and then we can jump around. There's a lot of fun ones. Ohio State at Michigan. Michigan, three and a half point favorite. Oh, man. I, there's a small part of me that's like, at some point, all this outside distraction catches up to Michigan. I also think with how they won against Penn State so decisively, don't really know if Harbaugh being there matters all that much because they're just going to play that physical identity and try and bully you. Um, I'm going with Michigan. I just think they can run the football at will. And I think McCarthy does enough. I think we see him break a run or two, hit a deep pass, and he does just enough in this one. I think the O-line's slightly better for Michigan. And I think the quarterback's significantly better. And that, in these games, makes all the difference. Now, it's at home, too. Home factor's huge. Home factor's huge with everything that's gone on with Michigan. Um, And, yeah, I mean, the show of force against Penn State. Styles make fights. I think it's an Ohio State team that's more adapt to defend Michigan but they're lacking some of the multipleness on offense that they've had in years past. And that's going to really allow Michigan to slowly, but surely impose their will three and a half, even with the hook, I'm taking that. Um, Alabama at Auburn at Auburn, important plus 14 and a half. We just talked about big spreads in rivalries. How do you feel about this? I wouldn't touch this. I, I'm so high on Bama right now. And Vegas is is daring you because the spread is right in terms of the talent disparity between these yes. two teams. Auburn, obviously, coming off of a disastrous performance against New Mexico State. Yeah. But, I mean, the home team has covered the spread in each of the last six Iron Bowls. Um, it's I almost always tight. It's It's almost always tight, even when Bama has the upper hand. I think of two years ago where that 
Bryce Young drive was, you know, the only reason that Alabama escaped despite getting completely outplayed by Auburn the entire game. Uh, Bama wins this one, but I think it's more like a a 10 point win. That's a one possession game for the entire game. And you, you kind of pull away late. Yeah. Three touchdowns sounds about right for Bama. Um, I've just seen these be really tough games. I just, I have too much respect for Auburn in this matchup and I, I don't think they're a great football team. No. I think they're undisciplined. And I think last week was a, a great example of that, but yeah. at the same time, it's just like, this is their Super Bowl. And, you know, playing spoilers against Bama is, is I mean, how much do we still talk about that Iron Bowl from 2013? Obviously, yeah. the ending of it was insane, but like, it's just always tight. And that's way too many points. Yeah, it really is. Um, always tight, way too many points. Florida State at Florida plus six and a half for the home Gators. Gators haven't been kind of like a home dog here, man. Foot Jordan Travis out. I I know that's why the line's smaller than it should be. Because again, yeah, without it, I mean, if Jordan Travis is playing, this is a 15 point spread. Uh But I'll take Florida to cover at home. I don't know if I would take the money line, but I'll take them to cover the six and a half. Honestly, there hasn't been enough chaos unfolding lately. Um, so we are due one of these that's going to surprise you is, is coming like, you know, that week where the, the top 10 graphic and how all the top 10 teams did. And like, there's like four L's we have yet to really have that. And I wonder if this is the week where Oregon gets taken care of, uh, you know, Florida state gets taken care of. Oh, you're so right. And that's, and that's exactly how we end up with the Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio state playoff. Right. And I mean, this Auburn game is huge because Alabama cannot afford one more L. No, they they, they have to win this and the SEC their season to get in. prematurely. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, NC State is crazy enough is ranked now. My guy, um, Brendan Armstrong, quietly having a decent season after transferring from Virginia. They take on UNC. As a home favorite, where was this one? Sorry, I had it right here. Yeah, as a home dog, NC State plus two and a half. Drake may oh, come give in me NC State, man. They're hot right now. They're yeah. playing good football, and this North Carolina team is is a bit fraudulent at times. They are. They are. Now they've got a quarterback that'll keep them in just about anything, but they kind of lack that finishing touch. Totally. Um, what else are you betting this weekend? Uh, I like CSU to cover five and a half on the island against Hawaii. Um, I know uh, our guys on the Buff show, that's all they have to root for now is, is my Rammies to miss a bowl. I was oh, giving them some crap the other day. Sad. It's part of the rivalry. It's all good. Um, but it, it's a wonky situation. Um, but I do like CSU to win an ugly one by about a touchdown. Um, Fresno State, only five and a half point favorites at San Diego State is interesting to me. You've been big on Fresno State, kind of peaked, and now they're heading in the wrong direction. I could see where San Diego State at home in the last game gets a little frisky. Yeah. I still like the Bulldogs to cover it, though, and I'm even considering buying another point or two if I can get it at plus money. I like that. Um, TCU, Oklahoma should be interesting. On Friday, I think I like the Horn Frogs to cover the 10 there. I Iowa, too. Nebraska, I mean, the total set at 26 and a half. It's just a beautiful thing. Without Cooper DeGene, I think you have to take the under. What would you be doing? Um, it'll be fun that Mizzou's been one of the great stories this season. Uh, look at their corners. Look at their D-line for lots of prospects there taking on Arkansas as a road favorite at seven and a half. Um, and, you know, I mean, Texas, every single game they're in is a, is a roller coaster because they're, they're like kind of hanging on by a thread right now. Their playoff chances, 
but their playoff chances remain alive. You get to watch them on Friday as well against Texas Tech. Big 12 is interesting, man. Oklahoma State's been all over the place. Texas has been all over the place. Uh, Last one I'll throw out, UNLV against a red-hot San Jose State team. UNLV, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'm considering taking San Jose State's pull the upset just because Chevin Cordero is playing so good. But, man, this UNLV team has been solid under Barry Odom. All I'll say, as far as conference winners go, Arizona at plus 1,600. Hmm. Hmm. the path is there there's some team of destiny and like the most Pac-12 thing ever is having two legitimate contenders going into Thanksgiving week and neither of them to have your conference be won by arguably the hottest team in the country going a 12 team playoff would be super scary but just doesn't have the resume to make it also Arizona a beacon of hope for everyone so many years you know and it was like for for a while it was cu and kansas trading off as the worst power five programs in the country and then for a long while it was arizona and look at them now man it can happen so quick in college football even though the odds seem unsurmountable sometimes happy thanksgiving to you all thank you to high plane strains for bringing you this show check them out Of course, use that code DMVR. J Mike, happy Thanksgiving, man. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. We out. Check us out next week. Bye. Thank you.